to the OWA Talks podcast. I am your co-host, Stephanie, here with our other co-host, Sandra, for our episode for November. And today, we have a fabulous guest. Uh, we have David Friedfeld, who is the president of Clear Vision Optical. Welcome with us today. Hello, 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 Stephanie and Sandra, and hello to everyone out there in OWA land and anyone else who's listening. So starting off today, let's uh, kind of have you go through a little bit of your background in the industry, how you got to where you're at, and why you have the name Mr. Pickle. Okay, well, uh, let's start with back to the industry. So I was born a long time ago in a different century. Uh, in the 1960s, I started to go to work with my dad, who founded Clear Vision Optical. So I'm a longtime optical brat. You know, they call them army brats. I'm, a, I'm an optical brat. I started out by counting screws and assembling frames. Back then, temples did not come attached to frames. So that was my, my big job as a five or six-year-old. Uh, I went to college. I went to law school. In between college and law school, I worked a little bit. After law school, I also worked a little bit. Ultimately joined my dad about 35 years ago. My brother was already there. My mother is there. It was a small family business, fairly local to the Northeast. And during the last 35 years, my brother and I have built Clear, Clear Vision Optical to a larger national presence. Still a family business, still owned and operated by us. And we look forward to another many years to follow. Oh, as far as the big pickle, forgot that one. Yeah, back in the, in the early 90s, we had a, a female sales uh, person named Wendy Rubin. Uh, we went to a, uh, a sales meeting and somewhere during the sales meeting when you know they used to call it big man on campus or uh, big cheese, that was the way people were referred to as leaders of organizations. Somehow, I don't know why, honestly, I don't remember. She called me, you're not the big cheese, you're the big pickle. And that kind of stuck. So for the last, whatever that's been, 30 years almost, I've been the big pickle. Many people in eyewear, however, will know me as the optical buddy. So inside Clear Vision, I would be the big pickle. In eyewear, generally, it's the optical buddy. And that was also given to me by a very a dear friend of mine and a customer, Dr. Elliot Shack, also probably back in the late uh, 80s, early 90s. He said, if you're my, op my optical buddy, you should be doing a lot better for me. Well, David, I can tell that this is going to be a great podcast session. Um, for some of our listeners who maybe haven't had the pleasure of meeting you before, how have you been involved with the OWA through, throughout the years? So the OWA was started, uh, as, I, as I look back, somewhere around 15 or so years ago. And we were contacted early at Clear Vision Optical by the OWA to con consider whether we'd want to be a sponsor or participate in any way. My mom, who's still uh, an advisor to the organization, uh, well past uh, the years that many people stop, she thought it was a great idea. My dad thought it was a great idea. So we, we joined up early. The, the organization, I'm going to guess back then, was less than 50 women at the time. Uh, men were, as I recall, not allowed. If, I think today it's a little bit different. Uh, but we started off early, uh, supporting the group, and I was part of what would be an early mentorship group. I did have, uh, I mentored women uh, back in the early days. And my mom was a member. Uh, Mary Rose Jasinski was a member. Patty Gertson was a member. These are the leaders in our organizations. So we've always been involved that way. And today my sister Liz actually carries the mantle. I understand last week she had a great OWA, um, I guess it was a, a, a Zoom meeting uh, where baking was involved and lots of frivolity, so forth and so on. But uh, you'll have to see that on, on a recording. Not, not, not nothing I can talk about today. But so we've been involved for a long time. 
and support the group and support the mission. So we've all, you know, noticed impacts uh, due to COVID and the pandemic that's going on. So today we wanted to kind of focus on um, how the pandemic is impacting the workforce because the majority of people in the OWA are working women. Um, so why is this such an important topic for us to discuss? I think the challenge today, not only for the OWA, but of course all families, uh, and all uh, workers in the United States is exactly that. How has you know, COVID impacted work and family uh, and what a lot of people would call is work-life balance. So before COVID, let's imagine that the world was um, you know, going along at its normal pace and the challenges that any working woman would have were there. Uh, after COVID, the world is topsy-turvy. Uh, women in particular usually bear the brunt, and we know this from studies, of anything that happens in a family. Uh, women bear the brunt, working women bear the brunt especially. And COVID is probably the biggest impact that any working woman can have. So at Clear Vision Optical, we can imagine, what do you do if you're a teacher? Um, and, or rather, you know, you're, yes, to say if you're a teacher and you are now um, asked to teach remotely, okay? Uh, and you have children at home. What is that all about? That's the challenge you have. Or if you are, working at Clear Vision Optical and you have a two-year-old and normally that two-year-old is in daycare and now you're asked to care for that child as well as work full-time at Clear Vision Optical. Those are the challenges we see. Um, moms have been interrupted uh, tremendously. For those without children, we've noticed at Clear Vision Optical, there are those that are taking care of their elder parents. There are those that are living with brothers and sisters. So the way that COVID impacted women is very, very different, in my opinion, than the way it's challenged um, men. And again, women being the general, generally the, the head of the household in all responsibilities are impacted particularly by COVID. So David, how, how did Clear Vision go about preparing um, for COVID-19? And what have you seen as the impact on business and staff? To, to tell you that we were, were prepared would be a gross exaggeration. So, you know, many years ago, we saw that from time to time, there would be quote unquote disasters uh, that would befall a, an optical company. So I can actually tell you about companies where I know, uh, uh, let's say there was a flood or there's some kind of electrical issue or a fire, uh, et cetera. And, and many companies have disaster recovery plans. So we have one, but nobody had a disaster recovery plan for COVID. So to tell you that we had a plan was wrong. On March 13th, uh, the governors, a lot of the governors around the country were preparing their states for close, you know, closure. Uh, we got our news that weekend and we had to immediately determine policies for the company going forward. How are we going to employ people? How are we going to pay people? What, uh, what we could do to help people? How would our business survive? And that those were things that all happened during that next week. We effectively closed down the company because according to New York state law and the CDC, we had a lot of different guidelines. Everybody will know and anybody on this listening to this will remember you know, March, April, May, and early June were very difficult times for companies generally, families generally. Um, we were unprepared for that. But I will say that with a group of leaders inside of the Clear Vision, we were able to quickly pull together our company effectively you know, shut down for a little bit, reopened. Most everybody was working remotely. We had a very interesting way of 
handling staffing in our distribution center, working in different shifts where each shift had to be outside of their own shift every 14 days. So we, theoretically, a shift would work for three, three days or five days, and then it would not come back to work for another 14. During that time period, we had also Suffolk County, which is where we work and live. Suffolk County was one of the highest hotspots in the country. So not only did I have personal family members that uh, had COVID, but also several workers at Clear Vision Optical. So it was a very, very difficult time. Preparation was challenging. I mean, we couldn't prepare for it. The way we recovered was a very swift, but again, through leadership inside the company. And the impact, you know, overall was great on families, great on our, our revenue, uh, you know, impacted the way we did our business. And we had to uh, address, adjust that during the next, you know, 10 or 12 weeks while the country was also adjusting at the same time. And I'm, I'm happy to say that we did a really fine job in communicating everything we needed to communicate to our customers, to our vendors, to the community where we're, we're very involved and to our employees and sales staff, which are all remote now. The way you speak about, you know, your company and your employees, it really feels like you're kind of on the pulse of what's going on, you know, making sure everyone's, you know, okay and being, you know, everyone's, ha you know, somewhat happy and um, things are running smoothly for you and really, you know, accepting feedback from all of your employees. Um, some of our listeners may be struggling to get that same feedback from their, you know, superiors. So what would be your advice for people that are employed in a company where maybe the executives or the superiors um, may not be as welcoming of that, you know, having that feedback, like how would you have them navigate that? And kind of in, in addition to this question, um, what are some of the things that you are hearing from your employees as far as, um, you know, how they're dealing with things and what can, what can be learned from those discussions? So I think that's a phenomenal question for, you know, employers and employees generally. So I know the audience will be maybe 25%, you know, business owners, 25% senior executives and 50%, you know, working staff. So the message I have to, you know, senior execs and employers would be, it's extremely important, extremely important at this time to have an open communication with uh, individuals in your organization. Um, many of us would think that we do have an open communication. Many of us think that, but in fact, I think we have to go much more than the extra mile. We may have to go the extra two miles. We may have to communicate in ways that we didn't imagine to do it before. We may have to ask questions of our staff and ourselves in ways that we didn't do it before. Uh, I'll come back to that. And to you know the staff, uh, I've always felt at, at my company and what I advise staff generally, even you know outside of our company, it, it, I feel staff has a responsibility to have their leaders and owners and uh, you know uh, business uh, execs understand the blind spots in the organization. So it's not just a one-way communication. It's very important that. Uh, working staff understands that they have a responsibility to their organization. And, that, and that's what I tell people at Clear Vision. So if there's not an open communication style in the business, this is going to be hurtful to the business right now. So again, I'm, I'm talking to you know, major corporations, multi-billion dollar businesses, all the way down to the mom and pop. 
open communication is critical. How do we, uh, you know, you know, uh, do that in our own company is in various forums. So whether it's one-to-one, -one, I had a great conversation with somebody last week uh, about uh, business generally, and she is a young 30-year-old mom uh, working from home, husband working from home, uh, works at Clear Vision, works in a group. And at the very end of the conversation, which was all business related, I asked her personally and straight out, I said, can you tell me specifically what the challenges are that you're facing that we have not talked about at Clear Vision Optical. And uh, I won't say her name now because uh, it's important for <laughs> that we protect the innocent. But um, I said to her, you have a good relationship with me. You have a good relationship with the organization. You've only been here one year. I want to be clear, a new, new employee of which most of the time has been remote. And uh, she said to me without hesitation, David, these are my three biggest issues. She said, you know, there's a financial pressure on me based on everything that's going on in the world. I have a two-year-old daughter and without you know, daycare being available, that's a challenge to me. I feel like I'm potentially disappointing my team at Clear Vision Optical because I have to work a little bit differently. Um, I know you've been very kind and very generous to all of us, but you know, without having a certainty about going forward and not having all the answers, this makes it stressful for me. And, you know, at the end of that, her, her, her boss happened to be on the call as well. And at the end of that, I thought, wow, what a great feedback from an employee that's only been here a year. And that really made me feel that even though I knew some of that, that really made me feel that I needed to be very mindful of the next several months. Because what we know is going to be happening, we've seen hot spots all around the country. So everyone's fallen into a sense of false security now over the summer, but these last you know, four weeks have been tremendously challenging. We also have social issues, we have political issues, we have business issues, we have family issues, we have a lot of uncertainty, everyone's uncomfortable, everyone's routine is off. It's critical that business leaders, and again, remember, staff talks about it in the office. I can't give advice to each business or each staff member because each office and each staff member will be in a different place or each business will be in a different place. But what I can say is the open communication that I just revealed to you guys is what's important in the organization. So when, when I came back, I actually spoke to some of my staff members, you know, the, the senior leaders in the company that make decisions. And we understand now, not now meaning eight months later, but we understand that what we think is getting better just because business has returned and now everyone's used to quote unquote a new normal, that's not really gonna cut it. We also feel at Clear Vision that we're gonna look at this for another you know, six to 12 months in some form. So the same person who spoke to me is gonna have similar issues. And many places now think school's gonna be remote for an entire year. Daycare is going to have a whole different way of working. Husbands and wives or significant others, a completely different way of working. And these are the issues I think that need to be spoken about in offices. The stress over the next year will be tremendous on individuals in the United States. And we need to address that stress generally. David, I really love the, the concern that you have for your staff and your team and, and their well-being. And I think that's really important because if they're their best possible selves they can give back to the organization. Um, but we haven't heard a lot about you in terms of some of your challenges, be they personal or business, that have impacted you during the pandemic. Would you be willing to share some of that with us? 
Yes, you know, it's funny when you say personal, because I remember giving, um, I was on a panel a number of years ago, and the question was something like, uh, similar to what you just said, can you talk about one of your biggest challenges in um, eye care, uh, or rather in uh, being a CEO? And I was in front of a lot of CEOs here on Long Island, and I talked about a very personal experience. And when I was done, uh, everyone came up to me, and congratulated me. They said, we never hear from CEOs about how crushing their lives are. And your openness really was uh, refreshing for many of us. We hear all the great things. We don't hear all the personal things. So I can tell you this, uh, and I can also share on behalf of other CEOs like me, many of us felt the same way. Uh, back in March, uh, after 71 years in business, uh, we, uh, my brother and I uh, thought we were gonna go out of business. And uh, we had a certain amount of cash. We understood that um, there might possibly be no revenue for the rest of the year. We actually planned for no revenue for the rest of the year. And how much cash we had would get us to somewhere about maybe six or eight months out from our current cash position. We had to be talking to bankers, lawyers, advisors, et cetera. And it was all a crazy time, very, very crazy. Um, what was really interesting about it though, is that what I learned is, and this is a lesson that I probably uh, didn't know before. So it's fair to say that there are others like me out there, other business owners and leaders that maybe need to see this differently. Um, what I learned was if I was more open with my staff, uh, that I would get the help that I needed. Uh, because you know sometimes in um, private companies and public companies there are different ways that you do or don't wanna share data or information. Um, and what I learned is that if I shared certain data and information and let everybody understand the severity of the situation, that we would get help. And I, I think by being vulnerable that way as a you know, business leader, um, which I have to be clear, I may not have had any choice, but by being vulnerable, I got an unbelievable amount of support from our company, an unbelievable amount. And it's also changed the way I look at things right now. So that means the last eight months for me was a very uh, good learning experience. I, I've been fortunate to see in my company, uh, everybody step up, uh, everybody step up. And that's a lot of people stepping up to help us. Um, I also will tell you that personally, uh, not only was I scared for the business, but I was also very concerned about the decisions I was gonna make and I was gonna be forced to make um, with uh, my vendors, uh, with the community, uh, and with my employees. And, and those decisions were related to, you know, how we paid our bills, whether bills were going to get paid to us, how we were going to participate in, you know, various philanthropic outreach, which were very supportive in our local community, um, how we deal with employees, which was uh, very challenging. And, you know, if I'm going to be totally honest with everybody on the podcast, um, I was scared to be making those decisions. And I'd never faced any decisions like this. Um, through the help of, you know, two individuals that are uh, CEOs and other companies in the eye care business, I was closely uh, in communication with them. And uh, one in particular, I, I, I will give a shout out here because he deserves it. You know, um, well, there's two guys, Jim McGran from HEA and Marty Bassett, you know, from Wallman. They helped, you know, help me make some decisions early about leadership. 
and they were really supportive of me and the things I was going to have to do. And ultimately what it came to is, you know, we did furlough a number of employees and in sincerity, you know, not everybody uh, came back to the company, which was very hurtful to me and I'm sure impacted many, many families. And it was very difficult. Uh, we cut back on many of our initiatives, uh, you know, financially with our, um, the local community. Although I'm very proud to say that we've still continued on a regular basis to participate in the community. It's just that financially we felt it was the right thing to do to cut back. Uh, and at the same time with our vendors, we had to renegotiate all the different, uh, you know, debt that we had. Um, and I'm also happy to say, however, uh, you know, by year's end, we will completely have paid off everybody we owed money to. Uh, our staff will be in a good place, although we will be smaller. Uh, and the local community, you know, we still will participate, including, you know, last, last week it was a food drive at our company when we had an outdoor um, event, a movie event for our, for our staff. Uh, so, so these were the things that I faced and I still face uh, all the time because I don't think what we have is over. Part of the bigger challenge now that I have is since we've gotten through most of what we have, you know, the first round, if you want to call it that, uh, now we have to look at the second round. What happens if things get worse in 2021? You know, how much tighter can we pull our belt in? Um, how can I now kind of return to normal? A lot of the staffing things that have challenged us in the last year. Uh, what happens if the revenues uh, are reduced further um, from our company because, you know, our revenues have suffered this year? What happens if all those things happen? Uh, so I don't think we get a chance, any of us, to walk away from the COVID impact merely because we're eight months in. As I mentioned to you earlier, I think that we have all of 2021 to look at. Um, and certainly until there's a, a therapeutic or a vaccine that's widely adopted and successful, we're all going to be dealing with this. I think in certain parts of the country, you're going to see flare-ups and hotspots that are going to impact local business. And I think the business leaders really have to be prepared for this and go back to what we talked about a moment ago. Having open communication, open dialogue with your staff is critical uh, because people, the stress level for all of us is that we can't take surprises. So, you know, the big learning, as I, as I mentioned for me, is, you know, by being vulnerable uh, and being more open, uh, we, we really benefited quite a bit. I appreciate you being so candid about some of the struggles that you've had. Um, I definitely don't envy you having the weight of this business that's been established for so long and realizing, you know, every decision you make could impact people's jobs. And that's, I don't envy you for that decision because that's definitely stressful. So I appreciate you being so candid about, you know, what some of the struggles were. And I'm sure your employees also appreciate it as well. Um, so I think one of the things I, we're all feeling, you know, stretched thin and stressed out. And I think the main question is, when is this going to end? Or, you know, do you think this is going to be, this is life. This is how it is. This is the new normal. What are your thoughts on kind of going into 2021, um, how things are going to change or, you know, get better or get worse? Uh, that's a great question. And for, for many people out there in your, in your audience, they, they may know that for the last number of years, I will visit Vision Expo twice a year and give Dave's view on um, 
uh, technology and demographics and society and business trends that are all impacting eye care. So soon after this happened, back in the early spring, um, I got together with a group of people and we started looking at what, it, what the future might be. Um, I've written a couple of, uh, not published yet, but a, a, a number of um, internal documents that'll kind of talk to us about what the future looks like. And again, if I give a shout out to one of your OWA members, Jen Trachtenberg in our company, she would say, people want to return to normal, but we're not going to go back to normal. We will spring forward, but it will be different. And I, I, can, I, I am certain of this, that the business conditions, the societal conditions, the technology conditions, and everything we know will be dramatically impacted on a go-forward basis in ways that we don't imagine today. So your question to me is, do, do we return to normal? The answer is no. I, I do not believe that we return to anything that looks like 2019 or 2020. We, we do not return. What, what I think will be is that there'll be an entirely new set of conditions that we all address. I think all of that's gonna be great and I think all of that's gonna be wonderful. What I've learned is that people that are not willing to change quickly, people that are not willing to uh, allow a certain amount of uncertainty in their life, people that are quote unquote, uncomfortable with being uncomfortable, those people actually will suffer and be stressed out the most. So if you can deal with a little bit of uncertainty, if you can be comfortable with being uncomfortable, um, if you are willing to change, and I mean in your personal life and in your business life, um, and in the way you interact with your family, all of that, if you can do that, the rest is not gonna be terribly difficult. The challenges will be there, but the stress levels will be reduced. Um, how things might change, the way we work will be changed forever. And I, I liken this to uh, two events that many of us can relate to. Um, before, if I, if I went back to 1995 and told, told this audience that one day we'd all be taking off our shoes, our belts, our coats, et cetera, and putting them through some type of detector before we get onto an airplane, they would start thinking I'm nuts. But if you go to 2001, 2002, the world changed after that and everything changed. If we go back to you know, the mid, you know, the Middle Ages and say, will anyone ever come back to a city after you know, a plague, which wipes out two thirds of the population in the city, everybody would say, absolutely not, we will not go back to cities. What'll happen in this instance is all the different technology that we have will change the way that we work, there's no question. And I think America in particular is in a great growth opportunity going forward and the, the inventions and the entrepreneurialness will be phenomenal in the next 24 months. As far as how cities work, um, I think there's gonna be a change in the way cities work, but they will come back even stronger and better than they are now, but they will be different. And I think that's what will be our biggest changes. So anyone that wants to return back to normal, I don't think they are going to understand that it, that ship sailed. There is no such thing as 2019 anymore, 2020. There is only a future that will be very different and very changed. And I also know that the people that are leading that, the people that are most flexible, willing to adopt change and new newness, they're gonna be driving what happens in our society. And I look forward to that, by the way, because Clear Vision actually, um, we, we suffer and struggle the same way as everyone else, but the leadership in our company understands pretty much what I just told you, um, whether we like it or not, by the way, we don't have to like it. We just have to know that it's gonna be there. 
and we're and we're ready for that. I think that's probably one of the biggest things that all of this has taught us is how resilient we can be to change. Um, I mean, it forced us in moments of days of having to rethink and, and sort of change our, our path. Um, this, this obviously is a group of women who's very dedicated to promoting the field and, and doing great things in, in the optometric world. Um, do you think that there's more pressure on women as a societal norm um, that potentially might be leading to some of the burnout that we're seeing today? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Too much stress, too much pressure on families, too much stress, too much pressure on women generally. And again, I, I know there's gonna be men in the audience, so I don't wanna come out as a, an anti-man kind of guy or a pro-woman kind of guy, but I will say that the, there's a unique difference. And again, before COVID, as we discussed earlier, we knew that the women in our society especially in the work, the working women in our society, which is mostly everyone today, are the decision makers for families. So in addition to work, in addition to being a partner in the, the revenue production in a family, women are also asked to make healthcare uh, decisions. Women are asked to make uh, childcare decisions, so forth and so on. And, you know, it just, the list is long. So why shouldn't there be greater burnout? Why shouldn't there be a feeling of um, difficulty, struggle or challenge, which which is different. And to be fair, for many women that will be on the call now, you know, there's gonna be a large age difference. So we're gonna have some women on the call that are 20 years old that have actually grown up in the 21st century, which is a completely different world than the woman that was born in 1955 you know, or earlier. And I think those challenges, those generational challenges are also unique. So imagine getting advice from a woman who is older than you, but also grew up in a different time. That advice may or may not be appropriate for the, the families of today. Um, we talked about burnout before, uh, and I, I think what's important when we talk about burnout, though, as I mentioned uh, you know, before we started the podcast, is that if you can go to work or you can go to your family or you can be in the community liking what you're doing, liking what you're doing, you will have a much greater chance of not burning out. It's when you don't like what you're doing that the pressure and stress of the, uh, what's ever going on around you creates that burnout. And again, that's something that's been scientifically studied you know, by psychologists and medical profession over many, many years. And it shows that if you have a uh, if you agree in the mission, if you agree in the values, you'll be able to be, as you mentioned, very resilient, or as the word, you know, has been used today a lot, you'll be gritty. And there's a great book out there called Grit, if you haven't read it. The, the, uh, the thing that I would also say is that in order to prevent burnout, which we see from many people, uh, you have to take care of yourself first. And a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people don't take care of themselves. So the busy CEO that goes out for the walk every day at lunch is gonna be helping himself. You know, the busy mom that actually takes the 30 minutes to do some type of meditation for herself is gonna be helping herself in a way that's very different. The individual that actually eats regularly throughout the day because their, their routine is upset, so they don't even eat regularly, and their blood sugar is going up and down, up and down throughout the day. The individual that can't get sleep uh, because there's too much stress 
has to start paying attention to their sleep habits. So if you don't take care of yourself, number one, and if you don't see a vision, mission, you know, value alignment where you're working today, these will crush you. And that's when burnout happens the most. Um, I've seen again at, at Clear Vision an amazing amount of non-burnout, if you will, um, from the staff that is most aligned with what we're doing and most taking care of themselves. There's no question. So you kind of talked a little bit about um, businesses needing to be more flexible with this whole, you know, quote unquote, new normal situation. Do you feel that having that flexibility is key in uh, talent retention for the future? Yeah. So let, let's look at that. Actually, actually came up the other day in a discussion at Clear Vision Optical. That's, that's actually a pretty good question. Um, right now, uh, if I'm an employee in the country, you know, I'm under stress no matter where I go. So there are some really great organizations that are growing. We know that. We read about it in the newspaper. Um, but what most employees feel right now is I have my job. I know, I know where I'm at. I understand what it looks like. And, and there's, a, there's a certain amount of um, I don't want to make too many moves right now. I don't want to make too many moves right now. There's also going to be some people that have to make moves. So that's a whole different kind of group. Uh, but if, you're, if your question is, you know, should a company be more flexible to retain employees? Uh, I would say the company has to be responsive to what's going on in the world today. And that would mean, by example, uh, understanding what a remote workforce needs, um, wants, requires to be successful. You know, I'm lucky because in my home, uh, there's, a, and I, I'm a, a older guy now, and my kids are grown, so I have no kids in the house. I do have six cats, but all of them are fairly quiet. Yes, six indoors, two outdoors. Um, they're all quiet. And I'm lucky enough to have a library where I can be, and I can have a setup on two or three different desks. And my wife has a different part of the house. So I'm, I'm fortunate. But what do we think about a person that's living in an apartment um, like my daughter uh, and her uh, boyfriend, live-in boyfriend. I know I shouldn't say that, but that's just an old-fashioned guy that I am. Uh, you know, and they have two high-powered jobs, and they have only. And I don't even think they had a desk when they started. So now they have two desks there. They're working remotely. They're in New York City. You know, half the city is closed down one way or the other. How do they work there? And so I think the flexibility that you're talking about is very important, but also there has to be a flexibility even inside buildings that are not working remote. We have to understand how to keep people safe, how to make people feel secure, how to respect individuals. Uh, there's gonna be certain individuals in businesses, I'm thinking of a couple in our, in our own company that have uh, maybe more uh, risks at home with family members. So they wanna be very, very careful at work. And then maybe others a little bit more casual at work. How do we get the two of those two people together to respect each other, especially in public space? Um, how do we look at time off, PTO? Very big issues um, with you know, being flexible. So my vacations you know, get canceled this year as an employee. My vacations get canceled. I can't go anywhere. How do I use my PTO? What about healthcare benefits that maybe didn't anticipate any of the things that we're looking at now? How can companies 
help in that manner. So your question is, should we be more flexible as you know, business owners and uh, decision makers? My answer is going to be yes. And I think, again, it goes back to having an open communication and dialogue with our employees to feel where, where we need to be flexible. And again, I'm speaking to that other 50% that we identified. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask part of your audience to make sure they don't suffer and bring up the issues directly to the business decision makers in their offices uh, or in their organizations in a very positive way without fear. And I think that's also on the part of individuals, you know, owners are going to fear, like you mentioned, you know, the decisions I to make, owners are going to fear the decisions they're going to have to make. Um, staff and employees are going to have to, you know, live in a certain amount of fear. But if we don't communicate openly, that's going to kill us. So it's very important that we understand what our responsibilities are. And as I mentioned, I always tell people, um, you know, as a kid, let me give you the example. As a kid, I was known as the, uh, the kid that liked everyone's parents, which was a very unpopular position. And all my friends would tease me a lot about why all the parents liked me and why I liked them. And I said, you have to do a good job to raise your parents. And what I meant by that was I, my mom and dad were very open um, and allowed me to participate in you know, the family. So I felt very comfortable talking to parents. I know there's people out there that are not comfortable talking to their bosses, uh, business leaders, uh, senior execs. Rather than going onto Glassdoor and slamming somebody or in some anonymous place on the internet, I think it's critically important you talk to the organization and say, here's the challenges I'm facing. At the same time, not to use excuses, right? Come with solutions. Here's what I can do for you. We know people that are working at home throughout the day, taking care of a family and actually working at night. They're working at night for Clear Vision. They're taking care of their family during the day. It's not the best solution for everyone, but we have to be, we have to be flexible. Um, so I think if you want to retain staff, you're definitely going to have to look at it as how, how the future of work will be changed in 2021 and beyond. And there will be changes, no question. It's really been a great time really learning from you and thinking through how you've gone through this journey to date and what's ahead for your company. And one of our last questions that we like to ask all of our guests is one piece of advice that you would give to listeners. Um, what, what do you think you might give them that they can sort of remember our time together? Well, um, I'm never good at summarizing things because as you've already learned, I can continue to uh, uh, talk on topics. But here's what I would say is the most important thing that I've learned. Um, and it's not even about being flexible because I think that's part of it and willingness to change. I think that's part of it. I think we have to look at our lives um, and the routines that we have. So many of us have set up routines. I wake up at a certain time. I eat a certain way. I um, go about my day a certain way. I attend the same clubs a certain way. I go to the gym and do the same workout, whatever it may be. And there's routines in life that make us comfortable. The structure that we have from a routine uh, is very, very important. And what I think we've learned from COVID is that our routines have been smashed. There is no such thing anymore as a routine that I used to have that I can maintain now. And I see way too many people suffering because they have not understood that the reason they're suffering is because of the routine that has been broken. Whatever that routine is, by the way, it's, it could be anything. It's, it's, it could be the people you went out to lunch with every day at work and now you're working remotely and you don't have those people to go out with and, and talk and, and relieve pressure. 
It could be the routine of, I used to go to work every day and uh, it was a separation of work from home. I, I went in my car and I had a physical difference. So I think the, the best advice I would give to people is to look at the routines in your life that have been broken. And now understand that for the next time period, whatever they may be, uh, whether that's six months, 12 months or longer, look to establish routines that will help you uh, avoid stress. Uh, that, that's the biggest thing that I would say. Don't try to go back to an older routine because it's, it's, it's gone. Uh, try to find a new way of structuring yourself to make yourself feel more comfortable. To those people that don't have a routine, I happen to be one of them, by the way. Uh, I, I'm, I, I think I'm rare in the way that I approach life, but I, I do a lot of things different now, but I also did a lot of things before very differently. I didn't have a routine. I would say to those people that are like me, be more understanding of those people in your organization and in your family that may be suffering because their routines have been broken. Uh, I think the blind spot that I had in the last you know, eight months, and sometimes the blind spot that I have as a person has been that I think maybe uh, through my own eyes, right? And my own experiences. Um, and I may not have been as understanding, let's say, or willing to understand the way other people conduct their lives or, uh, or suffer. Um, and it may be because I just didn't see it that way. Not because I don't appreciate it. I just didn't see it. That's called a blind spot. And I've uh, been taught in the last eight, eight months that I may have more, more than a few blind spots. Uh, things I just don't know. Uh, so to those of you that maybe are having, um, I don't want to say an easier time, but for those of you that didn't have that much structure in your lives, I would say be mindful and help others in your organization and your family uh, as they struggle through this. And uh, as I mentioned before, I have great optimism, um, not because I'm an optimistic guy, but because I love this country. I love what it's about. Uh, I, I, um, I see the history of mankind as moving forward all the time. My son, Sam, the other night said, dad, we're made up regardless of whether we're conservatives or liberals or Democrats or Republicans or business owners or business uh, workers, you know, we're made up of uh, a humankind that is progressive. The history of our, our nation, the history of the world is progressing going forward. So we'll take a couple of steps back here and there. But on, on the, you know, on the, some, we'll all go forward. And I think that's the part that I would, you know, that's my last part. Uh, think about going forward. If you're, if, you're, if you're not a routine person, be mindful of the others that are and help them. And if you're very routine oriented, uh, consider to, to adopt new routines for yourself, which will be helpful in giving you that, that comfort and structure that you need. That is wonderful parting words. I think you've kind of helped us all not necessarily accept that this is the way it is, but kind of accept that we're changing and things are changing and, you know, we're just going to have to kind of accept it and move forward. And I like that message. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And let's consider that we now are two new friends on Instagram, on uh, LinkedIn, uh, and on Twitter. <laughs> oh, by the right. way, yes, Twitter. If you want to follow me on Twitter, Optical Buddy, and LinkedIn, I'm happy to LinkedIn with your audience. 
Um, oh, okay. Instagram, Instagram Optical Buddy as well. We will, we will all be now leaving the podcast and off to social media to connect <laughs> and see what ongoing wisdom that, that you share with us. Because um, this has been a very inspirational way to, to look at how to manage now and moving forward through this time. So thank you for sharing with us. You're welcome. And thanks for having me. Thank you.